Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Good morning, everybody. Let's see whether I'm hip and trendy. I'm not even sure we use those words anymore, Pastor, to be honest. (laughs) But yeah, let me know at the end. Uh, Yes, so um, this morning I'm speaking from the book of Hebrews. So if you want to get your Bible and find Hebrews, uh, it's in the New Testament. You can find it in your contents at the front uh, because there is going to be quite a bit of um, scripture or what we call Bible verse, another word for scripture is Bible verse. Um, so, so it's for me, I, I love when I get to speak, it's always full of the Bible. Okay, I was thinking yesterday, I was watching the coronation. Did anyone else see when Justin Welby, uh, who's the archbishop, he said, this is the greatest gift. Did anyone else see this? He said, this is the greatest gift that God has, has given us. And he put the Bible out. Uh, and then obviously Charles had to take an oath on the Bible. But it really convicted me because actually... The words in this book, they are the greatest gift because Jesus has been on earth and he, he died and he rose again and he's not here now. And the disciples aren't here now. Everything about that, you know, these people aren't here now. So actually, we, we read the stuff from the Bible, whether it's a paper one or a, a one on an app, it doesn't matter. But just, yeah, just encourage you. So there is, there is truth in this, this book, okay? And if you want to, some people say to me when I'm at the grocery, I never hear God speak to me. I don't really know what that's about. Well, these are words from God to you. So if you want to hear God speak to you, then I encourage you to get into the Bible. Okay, so uh, today is all about hope bringers. So hopefully I'm going to encourage you a little bit uh, that we are all bringers of hope in some way. Okay, so what is so important about having hope? If we feel that our future is not secure, then we're going to feel anxious about things, aren't we? And we're going to feel fearful. I think we all wonder about the future, don't we? We all wonder about what's going to happen. Sometimes we say things like, I don't know what is going to happen, but I hope it happens. Anyone say that? No? Oh, okay. All the, all the Christians in the room. No, no, not me. Uh, okay. For those who are honest, I've said that before, okay. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for that, guys. Uh, so, <laughs> um, just bring up the next slide for us. Should be peace. Oh, no, back one. That's okay. So, yeah, so hope in the Bible is not like that, okay, that's the first thing I want to start with, it's not like we just kind of don't know the outcome and we're hoping that we can kind of get to the next, you know, this situation is going to be okay, so the first thing to say is hope, when the Bible talks about it, it's not like that, the great thing about it is, and it says in 1 Peter 1.13, therefore with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. And another part of the Bible in Hebrews 11.1 1, says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about we do not see. So when we're talking about hope, it's not maybe this, these things we're going to talk about happen. It's saying these things are going to happen. It's an assurance. Does that make sense? So I want you to take encouragement this morning as we go through stuff. This isn't a maybe. This is what's going to happen. If you are a believer in Jesus and you're following him, these things are, are going to happen. So we should, I hope by the end of today, you should feel, if you don't feel secure in your future, I pray that you feel secure and, and, and you can put your hope in Jesus, you can trust him, okay? So let's do the first slides. This is just a little intro. So going through Hebrews, the whole chapter, um, 
just at the beginning, we've got verses 1 to 8. So in the first eight verses of this chapter, we find some things that the writer has, has laid down as Christian uh, foundations of the Christian faith, okay? So these are the things that he's mentioning. And he's saying, let us move beyond the elementary teachings. So what he's saying here is not that we move on and forget the, the basic teachings um, that, of, of Jesus, but that we're supposed to mature, Okay, so in, in another part of the Bible, it talks about don't just stay on spiritual milk. Like when you have a baby, we've got three and a half year olds. When they were babies, it was all about the milk. They couldn't eat solid food. And as they got older and older, now they're having ice creams, chocolate. You guys all feed them at the back. I've seen you with every treat known to man. Uh, and that's the space of three years. What The point is that they've grown and matured. That's what happens, isn't it? Naturally. But the picture is we're supposed to be like that as Christians. Okay, so God is asking us, yes, learn the the basics if you like of what what uh, you know what being a christian is but then we need to move on and and be hungry you know say okay god i really want to learn about you i have a desire in my heart and it maybe as i'm speaking think i don't have that desire then i just ask him just say god i want to have a desire for for the deeper things so i'm just going to race through uh, verse one to eight because we're not really going to stay here but it is important so these are the six things on the screen that i mentioned Okay, so these are the foundations that the writer is talking about. One, repentance. Two, faith towards God. Baptism, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Now, I have to say, when I was reading that, I thought, if they're the basics, <laughs> do I know the basics? That's, that's the first challenge this morning. Do we know the basics of these six things? So it's, yeah, I, I think there's a challenge there. Let's let's get into the basics. And if you if you don't know about these six things, then you can come and ask any of us. I encourage you to read the, the Bible and get into it. But this is what the writer is saying to this particular church. They're saying, you've learned about these six things, okay? And the problem really is that they're wavering in the faith, okay? So the context is um, that these are Jewish Christians, okay? So the temptation for them is they've come out of Judaism, they're practicing like Jews, and they've become Christians or Messianic Jews, and they're following the ways of God like we would, but they're tempted to go back to the old religious things that they're doing. They're tempted to go back to their old life, okay? And so this is being written to say, look, these, these fundamental things, you keep going round and round them. You're, not, you're, you're doing them, you're not doing them. So they're saying, like, you know, we've got to, got to move on from this elementary stuff. Um, you know, don't just keep going around the same thing, okay, and getting stuck. Um, so, yeah, so it says... Uh, so these Jewish Christians, uh, they don't want to abandon religion, but they did want to make it less distinctively Christian to avoid persecution. They could live in this comfortable middle ground where they didn't stick out that much. Uh, and I think that's quite a, quite a temptation for us as well, because we live in a world that is definitely post-Christian, our country. I think the latest census about 51% of people say we, um, they would be atheists or no religion and that's a new thing for our country it was always most people would say I'm a Christian I believe in God something like that so now we are technically part of the minority which is interesting isn't it um, so when you look at you look at that and when when you've got all these things going on in the world it's tempting because we, we when you get a new life in Christ to go back to your old life to go back to some of the things you used to some of the things that maybe felt comfortable but I just want to encourage this morning not to do that okay and, and we'll go through a few things so here's an interesting thing those six things a Jew and a Christian could probably say let's repent let's have faith let's perform ceremonial washing or get baptized the subtle 
the subtle difference is it's a denial of Jesus. So if you were a Jew, you could probably do these six things. And if you're a Christian, you could probably do these six things. So what's the difference? Okay, so these guys were tempted to go back to their old world. The difference is that it's about Jesus at the center. It's about salvation in Jesus. Does that make sense? So we can, be, we can just do our religion. We can do it this morning. We can come in this morning. We can sit. And the Lord knows what's going on in our heart. And when you've been a Christian a while, there's a temptation to just do the things that you've always done without a real connection to why am I here. I came this morning because I, I, I want to hear from God. I want, I want to grow in my faith in God. Hopefully that's the same for you guys. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's a massive challenge. And, and we're in a world that is post-God, if you like. You know, I don't actually believe that that's true. But the majority of people wouldn't necessarily believe in God. And there's a lot of pressures that go on. So I just want to encourage you to, um, when you come to church, when you come to anything, even at the grocery, you know, come with that heart of, you know, I'm not just going to do a religious act. I've come to live my life for Jesus. I've come to, in everything I do, I want God to be present in what I do. And he wants to do that in our lives, okay? He wants to be present in everything, you know. Um, Yeah, so... um, I'm going to skip verse 13 and 18. I'm not going to touch on it too much. But just to say that passage in Hebrews is all about an oath. And we saw that yesterday with um, King Charles swearing on the Bible. And just to touch on that bit, that, that section of, of this chapter, it's basically God made an oath with himself. So it was like unbreakable, you know, completely solid. So that's the point of that section. But we're just going to jump just because of time to verse 9 uh, and 12. So the writer of Hebrews is full of hope for the Christians he's writing to, okay? Um, And he wants them to keep going, basically. That's what he's saying. He's like, don't give up, keep going, don't go back to your old practices. Uh, And then so verse 12 talks about the better things, things to do with salvation. So like I mentioned, that distinction between just doing the acts of those six things and then actually living out our salvation that God has given us, um, that we've received as a free gift. Okay, so if we've received the gift of salvation and we've surrendered our lives to Jesus and we see that new life in him, then we should look different to the old life. That sounds simple, but we should look different, okay? If we're saying that we're a new, a new person in Christ, then there are certain things that shouldn't look the same, okay? And if maybe if some things do look the same, that's a challenge this morning to say, actually, God, you, can you help me with that? Because there should be a difference, okay? And, and God has the, the power to pull out you, he can take you out of anything, okay? You can, he can, I believe this, I've seen it. Uh, we, we know of people who have, have had just the most horrendous lives, uh, you know, been involved in all sorts of stuff and giving their lives to Jesus and Jesus works his power if you allow him to. He can break addictions in your life. He can break, you know, um, idols in your life. He can break dodgy thinking and anxiety, depression. I can go on, can't I? But he can do that. He's done it in my life. Okay, I know that to be true, okay, and I know the leaders here would say the same, uh, and he can do that in your life. So just be encouraged this morning, okay. Um, So Romans 6, 1 to 11 says, Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore... Buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. There's hope. We've got a new life, guys. Okay, and we can live it. If we've been been united with him in a death like this, 
will we certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like this? So this is the hope that as Jesus was resurrected and now is in heaven, that one day we will also be in heaven. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. So that's our old life. That we should no longer be slaves to our sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Okay, so you've been set free from sin this morning. If, now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has a mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to, to, to God in Christ Jesus. So it's good news. I love this bit here. It says, death no longer has mastery over him. Death doesn't have to master you guys, do you know that? For those of you that have a fear of the future, of what it might bring, of what maybe have a fear of death, I don't know. Maybe if you just have a fear of, I just don't know what's coming. You don't have to be mastered by that. God can set you free from that. He can take, give a lightness to your mind, okay? You don't have to be ruled by fears all the time of, of the future. And hopefully, by the end of today, you'll, you'll feel more secure with some of the things I've got to say. But yeah, so this is hope, okay? So this is good news of salvation, so we've got this hope that our old life is gone, okay? It's been done with, and we have a new life in Jesus, okay? So verse uh, 12, 14, Hebrews, that's it. Um, is that the right one? Not sure. Um, yes. So verse 12 to 14, Hebrews 6, it says here, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Offer every part of you to him as an instrument of righteousness, for sin shall no longer be your master because you are, under the, you are not under the law, you're under grace. That was the end of the um, Roman scripture. Sorry, guys, didn't make that clear. So the challenge here is not to give in to sin in our life. Now, let me just explain to you. You're going to give in to sin in your life because we're not perfect. There's a difference between continually going into the same sin in our life without any sort of repentance and saying, recognizing that ain't right and I've got to get right with God and making mistakes. Okay, I want to be really clear about I make mistakes. I sin. Okay, that's what God's grace is about. So I, when I make mistakes, when I sin... Sometimes me and my wife might have an argument, okay? I know you'd find that hard to believe. But I have to repent of that, okay? It's a daily thing. I have to say, God, that's not right. I shouldn't be speaking that way. I'm sorry about that. Will you forgive me? Will you just wash me clean? Let's start again. And God does that, okay? I just want to be clear that the challenge here is that there's that, and then there's just living in sin without really caring about what God thinks about it. Okay, we're not supposed to be doing that, okay? I don't want this to be too heavy, but I did really feel this on my heart to share the, the, the old life is the old life for a reason. It's gone. It's, it's done. We're not supposed to be messing around with stuff anymore, okay? And I know it's a journey, and that's what I'm saying. God knows your heart. If you're on a journey, don't worry. But if there's parts of your life today where you think, do you know what? I'm not changing that. Do you know what I mean? Being a bit rebellious, saying, do you know what? I've, I'm not interested in that, God. Then be challenged this morning that that's not how we live, okay? There is a plethora of stuff that God has on your life for you, and sin Repeated sin that you don't repent from will, will hold you back. Sorry if that's a bit heavy, but I just want to be really clear about it. Okay, uh, so Hebrews 6.10, bring that one up. They might have to go back a little bit. Hebrews 6.10, so this bit here, it says, God is not unjust. 
He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. So God sees us, guys, not just in church like this, not when we're with other people. He sees us when we're on our own, okay? And I want to encourage you this morning. Some of you guys have been faithfully plowing away with nobody seeing it, doing the right thing, trying your best, and God sees that. It's clear in Scripture that God's not unjust, okay? He sees that for these guys who've been trying to live right, you've been trying to honor God in everything you do, God knows all of it, and you will be rewarded. That's what the Bible says. So don't give in, okay? Keep going. If there might be might have friends that want to tempt you into stuff you shouldn't be doing, you might have bad voices around you, you keep your eyes on God and keep going. Let me encourage you this morning. God, God will reward you if you just, just keep going, all right? So Colossians 3.23 uh, 3.23, this really helps me. This is like, like a verse that I use a lot in my life. Uh, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it's Christ you're serving. So literally when you're opening the door, when you didn't have to at Costa, I'll give you an example, you're doing it unto Christ. As a Christian, that's what you're doing. You're doing it because the way that Jesus loves you and cares for you, you want to show that to other people. But you you can, do the, you can do things unto God. Does that make sense? Maybe that just helps to process why, why should you keep in the quiet doing the right thing before God, being holy, um, being kind to people, love it. Why should you do that? Because you're doing it as an offering to God. It's like worship. We sing and we worship God, but that is worship as well, the way that we act. Okay, I just want to encourage you. I believe there's people in the room been doing the right thing and you feel discouraged this morning. Let me just lift your heads up, okay, that God sees everything you're going through. He sees all the righteous things you've been doing, okay, and even when other people have said, oh, you should be doing this, that, and the other, and you know it's wrong, and you've stayed on the path, God, God sees that, okay, and he will reward you, okay, and he's with you in it, okay. When I was preparing for this, I felt really strong as I was chatting, chatting with my wife. Should I share it? And I'm going to share it because I think when God um, gives you something, you, you should share it. But I felt uh, just to say that, we are not to have anything to do with uh, witchcraft or demonic activity. Any of that stuff is going to have no place in your walk with Jesus. Okay? God is God. Okay? He won't stand idols. He's a holy God. Okay? And this isn't to condemn anyone. But I just want to be really clear about there's no mixture. There's absolutely no mixture. I want to just show you a little thing that might help. So if somebody was thirsty this morning, I've got some water in here. And I... Uh, Pour your glass of water like this, okay. Okay, looks looks all right, yeah? yeah. Quench your thirst, yeah. okay? And you'd, you'd be happy to have that, wouldn't you? Would you be happy to have it if I said there's 99% water, but there is 1% sewage in there, okay? Why, why would you not be happy to have that? Make you sick. Okay, it's a picture, okay? So sometimes it's like that. God, God wants all of us. We're not to have, we're supposed to be 100% for God, okay? We're not supposed to mix sp other spiritual things with God, okay? Because literally, like, like that picture, it'll make you sick. Some of the anxiety, depression, some of these things are rooted in dabbling with spiritual things. And God can set you free, so don't worry about it. He can set you free, and if you want him to, you can ask him and he'll do that. But I just want to say this morning, we're not to mix. And in the world we live in, there's a constant pressure for you as a Christian to mix your faith, to compromise what the Bible says, to compromise the way you are. And we're not to do it. We're just not to do it, guys. Okay, I want to encourage this morning. 
you know, hopefully there's a bit of a fire in your belly as I'm speaking, because seriously, like, you know, you can turn on the TV and you are bombarded. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, there's so much junk on there, and it's very easy for you to just take in stuff, okay, and find, actually, I think I'm mixing this in with the way I, I live my life for Jesus. Suddenly I'm thinking, this is of the Bible, but when you read the Bible, you realize that's not in there. So I just want to say that, like Lucas said it, um, I think last week, that like this is what we live by, okay? It's not my words. It's not Pete McDade saying you should do X, Y, and Z. It's the Bible. If you want to be a Bible-believing Christian, then we follow, follow the Bible. So I just want to, read, I want to read from Galatians. And this may seem heavy, uh, so I, I do apologize if it's a bit much, but just, just receive it well, okay? So the acts of the flesh, this is um, Galatians 5, 19 to 21. So you can always write these down and look at them at home. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. There's a lot of stuff there, isn't there? I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's quite a, quite a hard-hitting one, isn't it? And that's New Testament. That's not Old Testament. Okay, so this is what we live in now. Okay, and then again, if you're doing any of that stuff, you can come to God. You can repent of what you're doing, and you can be washed clean, and, and you won't live in that condemnation, okay? So there's, there's always a way out, okay? I want to make that really clear. But I just want to say this morning, Life Church, Orford, we're not to be dabbling in anything spiritual other than Jesus, you know? God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that's who we go to. If, if you want healing, go to God. If you want assurance, go to God. You know, the other side to say about this is that, that the devil was defeated at the cross. So he's still around causing a load of trouble, the Bible says, but he's defeated, he's done. God is all-powerful, so why on earth would you, would you mess with anything else? If you can go straight to the source, you can go to God Almighty for your help. And, you, and the other thing to say about this, guys, is that God has only your good at heart. Even though things can seem tough in life, he will always work things out for your good. The opposite is to be said about the devil and spirits and all that sort of stuff. They want your destruction, okay? So... You've got to make a choice, okay, but let's just stay on the right path with God, all right? Let's not, let's not dabble with stuff. Okay. Um, Philippians 2, 12 to 16 says, Therefore, my dear friends, I've, as you have always in, obeyed, not only in my presence, um, but much more in my absence, this is Paul, uh, the apostle talking, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is good it, for, for it is God, sorry, who works in you to will and to act to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. This is the bit I'm getting to. So that you will become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in a wicked and a, a warped and crooked generation. So it says here, you will shine among them like the stars in the sky. So just keep going, guys, okay? Separate yourself to God. And when you're doing your daily life, you will shine. It says here in Scripture, you will look different people will ask what is what is it you've got what's that hope that you've got that I haven't got so just just keep going let's keep setting ourselves apart from God not being pulled into to all these trappings of the world and we'll, we'll shine in, in, a, in dark places all right stay pure for God that's what I want to say Hebrews six twelve says we do not do not want you to become lazy but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised Okay, so how do we receive the full assurance of our hope? I think the next slide. Uh, maybe one more. 
Yeah, we'll go there. Okay, so how do you receive the full assurance of your hope? I'm going to give you two points from this Bible verse. Diligence, so just keep putting your faith into action every day. Simple as that. Just keep doing the right thing every day. And perseverance, simply keep going. Okay, so they're writing this bit to the church because they're they ready to give up and they're saying just keep going. We can stay there, it's fine. Hebrews 12.1 says this, Therefore we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Okay, so there's a picture there. Of one day we'll be in heaven, okay? And there'll be a great cloud of witnesses, okay? Uh, and it's saying here to throw off the things that hinder us, a bit like what I've already said. Just throw off the stuff that isn't of God. Throw off the stuff that's holding holding you back from that relationship with God and growing in that relationship with God. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Okay, so I'm gonna, we're going to play a video in a minute, but this is how my brain works, so you're going to be let into a little secret. Okay, you may or may not want to be let in. Um, this is one of the greatest films of all time. Cool Runnings? Anyone else? Okay, got some support in the room. That's good. Uh, so this, when I think of heaven one day, when I've run this race, the picture of the race being our life, okay, that's what the picture is. This is what I imagine, uh, it, I, it, you may know what's coming, but we're going to watch a little clip. Um, so just a little context quickly. If you've never seen the film, it's going to be difficult to explain. There's basically a bobsled team from Jamaica, which obviously never see any snow or ice or any of that sort of stuff. And this is a true story, by the way. I looked it up. This actually happened. And this team from Jamaica say, we're off to the Winter Olympics and we're going to compete for gold. And they're basically, at the beginning, a laughing stock. People are like, this is ridiculous. There's no ice in Jamaica. You, you know, how could you possibly train? All that sort of stuff. So the film is all about this true story. And it, it's a lot of fun. Um, and right at the end, they're going for a gold medal, uh, for, for a medal, sorry. Uh, so one of the top three, and they're almost there. And then this happens, and they crash. I'm going to take it from here. Can we play the video? Reese, you're dead? No, man. I'm not dead. <coughs> I have to finish the race.
So, it's one of the only films that gets me emotional. <laughs> it's bizarre, isn't it? A bobsleigh thing. It just gets me every time. But that's how I, that, that's what helps me, you know, that it's not how you start the race, guys. I know some of us in the room have been a Christian a month. Some of us have been Christian. How many years, Lucas, have you been a Christian? A long time. 45 years. And it's not, it's not where you start the race. It's not how you start the race, but it is how you finish. Okay, and I, I can speak on behalf of Sarah Lucas here that said our heart here is that nobody falls away, okay? Nobody falls away. Every difficult life gets, or the stuff just gets thrown at you. Please don't fall away from your faith, okay? Please, please, in, just get that, you know, walk with Jesus. Don't give up, okay? And this is what the writer's saying to this church. He's saying, don't give up. Don't, don't go back, okay? Don't go back to your old ways. I'm getting emotional here. Okay, so we'll leave that there. But um, yeah, just, just don't give up, guys. It, it's not, it don't matter whether you feel weak and, and where you're at now. Don't give up, okay? God has a place for you in heaven, okay? That's what scripture says. You have a place in heaven. If you stay the race, one day on, on your dying deathbed, you will meet Jesus and you'll have a place in heaven. And people, I believe, will be shouting and cheering and all the apostles, the saints, and all these guys will be waiting to say, well done, well done, you made it. Do you know what I mean? It's like this picture and you'll cross the finish line and all the hurt and the pain will cease, the Bible says. I mean, no tears. Okay, and I don't know what you guys are going through. Some of you might be going through difficult stuff. Don't give up on your faith with Jesus, okay? Just anchor yourself into the Lord, okay? I'm going to have to, <laughs> I didn't realize the time. I'll have to wrap this up a little bit. Okay, so Hebrews 6, 19 to 20. Um, I'll just come in to land on this, really. Uh, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. It's a picture of, of heaven, that one, where our forerunner, Jesus, so Jesus been before us, has entered on our behalf. So Jesus died, he rose again, he went back to heaven. So he shows us that's where, that's where we're going one day. And he's become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So I love reading a, a commentary called Matthew Henry. It's quite an old commentary. And uh, he writes some amazing words, and I just want to read them to you, and, and maybe we can just take this in a little bit. It's, uh, we've got the picture of the ship. Just bring that up. We'll, we'll skip a couple of bits here. So there's a ship here in the storm, and, uh, yeah, I just want to read through this. Okay. We are in this world like a ship at sea. We are liable to be tossed up and down and in danger of being cast away. Our souls are the vessels like the ship here. The comforts expectations, graces, and happiness of our souls are the precious cargo in the ship. Heaven is the harbor to which we are sailing to. The temptations, persecutions, and afflictions we encounter are the winds and waves that threaten to shipwreck our ship. We need an anchor to keep us sure and steady, or we are going to be in continual danger. Gospel hope is our anchor. In this stormy passage through the world, it is our anchor. So the main reason a ship needs to have an anchor is it rides out storms. So when there's a storm coming, they drop the anchor, and it means that they won't get blown off course. So wherever they were heading to, they'll be roughly on the same course. Okay, and it's a good picture for us there, isn't there? You know, so even, a, even in a safe harbor, a ship needs an anchor so that it won't be cast adrift and maybe hit something and sink. So it doesn't matter whether you're in the safe harbor at the moment or in a wild sea, what's going on in your life. We need that anchor, okay, to anchor ourselves. Uh, we cast our anchor on the rock, the rock of ages. Jesus is the anchor. To uh, His anchor is our hope. He's our steadfast hope in every storm. So I just want to encourage you this morning to just, just anchor yourself, 
into into the Lord. There's a few things I was going to say, but we'll just uh, wrap this up because of time. So we just bring up Peter, 1 Peter 3, um, verse 15. So hopefully you can get that picture, guys, that you get, we are going to experience stuff. We're going to have storms, okay? But if you anchor yourself in God, okay, you don't give up. Don't go back to your old life. Just anchor yourself in God. Even if you kind of get moved around a little bit for a while, because that can happen in life. Just because you're Christian doesn't mean that doesn't happen. That's happened to me. And I'm thinking, oh, this is, like, what's going on here? But the anchor's in, in Christ. Does that make sense? That it's just a moment. It's just a moment that will pass. Um, and we can, yeah, so in summary, we can have great hope because Jesus is our forerunner. He has entered into heaven. He's made a place for us in heaven, and Jesus is watching over us as our high priest forever. He is interested in you and I, in our concerns, in your struggles, and he is with us always through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so I'm going to finish with this. And really, the whole thing was about being hope bringers, and I haven't really mentioned anything about how we should bring hope. But I had on my heart, and it's deliberate, you focus your understanding of your hope in Jesus, focus your anchor that's what, that's what I'd like you to do this week. A bit of homework. What I'd like you to do this week is, is this stuff that we've talked about. Dwell on it in, in the Bible for yourself. Read about it. Say, God, I, I, I don't know if I've got that anchor. I, w- I want to know that I'm anchoring myself in you. I want to know, um, you know, that I'm sure of this stuff. And, and to be a hope bringer, you can't bring hope to someone else if you've not got hope yourself. Okay, can you? Because what you're bringing is a bit false. Okay, so I want to encourage you. Get into that. Ask, ask God if you, if you don't, if you feel hopeless, then ask God to just fill you with that hope and, and to maybe you've got to change some stuff like we talked about. Maybe there's some stuff you're messing with that's got to go. You've got to get before God and say, I'm sorry about that. I repent. Let's get rid of that in my life. You know, maybe you've got to say, I'm going to get deeper in, in the Bible. I'm going to get deeper in my pursuit of you, God, so that my anchor is really firm on you. So when storms come, I'm not all over the place. Um, but yeah, so I'll finish with this on, on being a hope bringer. Uh, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. That's the first thing we want to do this week. Re- go and revere Jesus this week. Revere him. Just just worship him. Spend time with him. Read the Bible. Like Just love on God. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Take 10 minutes out in the day. Just say, Lord, I just want to say I love you and I thank you uh, for being with me. And then the next bit is always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you uh, the reason for the hope that you have and do it with gentleness and respect. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.